anime avatars it is october 20th 2020 that's right it's 10 20 2020 there's some symmetry for you i'm dave rubin this is the rubin report direct message and uh it's morning here but i have had a day and a half already i was up at 3 45 a.m this morning for a 4 15 a.m hit on fox and friends uh talked a little bit about what's going on with censorship related to Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And then they caught wind of a video that we did post here. Hopefully you've seen it already. I did a Periscope the other day from uh, the Trump rally in Beverly Hills. And it was, just, it was just wild. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. I mean, it was just, as I say in the video, it's just the reverse of everything they tell you a Trump rally is all about. There were blacks and whites and gays and straights and Asians and Latinos. Oh my, everybody was there. Everybody was having fun. It was, it, it almost felt like, it actually felt like, like a breath of fresh air or sort of like an exhale, really, of just like there's such anger out there, such craziness. And again, it, it feels probably worse than it is because of social media. Uh, but just to be around a bunch of happy people, just yelling and screaming and honking horns, and the fact that it was in freaking Beverly Hills of all places. I mean, it was basically right on the corner, if you know LA at all, of Santa Monica and Rodeo Drive. Rodeo Drive is the famous strip where all the fancy stores are, all the Italian names that I won't even pretend to pronounce are all there, like the elite of the elite of Hollywood and you know all the, all the money people in this town, that, that's where they spend all day long, and to, to just be around people who just think a little bit differently. And it was just, it was just great. I was, I was mobbed by people, and it was just great meeting everybody and everything else. And apparently they do this. They do this every Saturday, and they're going to do it through the election. So if you're, if you're in L.A. or in, in the SoCal area, uh, it's uh, in Beverly Hills on Saturdays around 3 o'clock. Uh, but anyway, so I was up early this morning for Fox & Friends, and uh, you know, downed some coffee, smacked myself in the face a couple of times, and managed to put a couple of sentences together. And then this Trump guy that everyone's always talking about, he was on a few minutes after me, uh, and he actually mentioned that he watched. He said, oh, I watched that, that portion with Dave Rubin, and he made a good point, something, something to that effect. Uh, so I got a shout out from the president, which is nice, and I'm sure my haters will use that as fuel to try to destroy me. But don't worry, guys. I'm, I'm going to be okay. I have a guard dog. Everything's going to be just fine. Uh, all right, so what we're going to do today is three stories sort of loosely around the election, but not all quite around the election. A uh, little video game stuff in there, too. Uh, first, I want to start with this story about uh, Andrew Cuomo. He is the mayor, uh, sorry, he is the governor of New York. And as most of you guys know, I, I lived in New York most of my life. I lived there from 1976 to 2013 until I moved to California, how it is that I've only lived in New York and California and became sane is probably should be studied by sociologists in years to come. Uh, but he is now saying that he'll be skeptical of any COVID vaccine that the CDC or the FDA release. And really what he's linking that to is because that will have something to do with Trump. And it's like, these are the trust the scientists guys. And it's like, oh, I guess we're only supposed to trust the scientists when it's your scientists or something like that. So we're gonna play a little video of that and we'll, we'll unpack that, as they say. Uh, then I want to bust out two tweets for you to show you how the never-Trumpers, sort of the conservative never-Trumpers on the right, I guess they say they're on the right, and the progressives, 
the Bernie progressives, the Biden progressives, whatever the hell that thing is at this point, how they actually need Trump. Because I got two tweets from Robert Reich, who's Clinton's former, uh, what was he, former labor secretary, and David Frum, who's a former George W. Bush speechwriter. And they're pretty twisted in some of the messaging that they're putting out there, and they seem to want trials for those of us that don't believe the same things that they believe, so we're going to talk about that. And then uh, PlayStation people, as some of you know, I was once a, an assistant manager at Electronics Boutique in uh, Long Island. I moved more Pokemon Red than anybody back in 99. Uh, well, PlayStation has now put out a Black Lives Matter theme so that you can get a dose of Marxism as you're playing Crash Bandicoot. It's all very, very exciting. All right, guys, before we get to all of that, are you looking for a new protein bar? I have a feeling that you are. Are you looking for one that tastes like a candy bar? Well, I've got just the brand for you guys. Built Bars are super tasty and come in 18 amazing flavors. I've pimped out the peanut butter. We've talked about the chocolate. I like the cookies and cream, although the peanut butter is pretty spectacular too. And there's 15 other flavors right there. They're covered in 100% chocolate, including both nut and nut-free flavors and are soft and easy to chew. You know, a lot of these protein bars kind of gritty and like kind of chemically. These are not, guys. And with Halloween just around the corner, it's easy to slip up, which is why Built Bars are the perfect alternative to candy for the health-conscious guy. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Guys, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code RUBIN and you'll get 20% off your first order. Use promo code RUBIN for 20% off your first, your first order at BuiltBar.com. Good for bars, Built Go or Built Boost. And now back to me. Hello. All right, let's talk about uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he, has, he has botched. Well, you know, this is one of those things. When I say that there's a reality war out there. And it, just depending on what news you listen to, you, you view the world in one very specific way, and often that's completely counter to how someone else views it. Uh, I think this is a good example, because in the world that I see, uh, from the sources that I read, and I try to keep them varied, um, Andrew Cuomo has really botched the COVID response. We know that he sent all sorts of elderly people back into nursing homes where they died. He's sort of denying it now, even though he had ad admitted it before. And then he goes on CNN and his brother basically says, you know, he's Jesus too for how great he did with COVID. Um, you know, New York is still in various parts of lockdowns. Even now they're starting lockdowns again in, in parts of Brooklyn and I'm, I'm assuming some other places as well. Uh, but some people th seem to think that he's the hero of the corona thing. And there's a rumor out there now that he could be attorney general in a Harris-Biden administration. And yes, I call it a Harris-Biden administration. Anyway, uh, putting all of that aside, whether you think he did well or he did horribly or somewhere in between, uh, you know, now we've got all this talk about a COVID vaccine happening and the left always tells us to trust the science. Science is science. Believe all scientists, you know, scientists' lives matter. That's what they tell us. Uh, but apparently Cuomo doesn't fully believe that because I guess in this case, the scientists are Trump scientists from the CDC and the FDA. Let's take a look. I do want to ask you about that, especially as it pertains to the vaccine. We saw Dr. Fauci last night say that he trusts the experts at the, FBA, F, at the FDA. How confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? 
Well, first, uh, how confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. But my opinion doesn't matter. I don't believe the American people are that confident. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine. It was new. It was done quickly. But trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe. Uh, and uh, we're not 100% sure of the consequences. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. So what's it going to take to convince you that it's safe, that it's effective, that it should be distributed? Well, what I said I'm going to do in New York is we're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe. Uh, with that credibility. But I believe all across the country, you're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. And that means we're going to need a change in the White House? Is that what you're saying? No, I, look, I, I personally hope for a change in the White House, but put that aside. Uh, if this administration continued, the CDC, George, and uh, the FDA doesn't have any credibility. You have Dr. Fauci now saying that uh, they basically tried to muzzle him. He has the highest credibility in the nation on this issue. Uh, and then, uh, not only is the vaccine safe, this administration is learning nothing from the past. Ah, well, you got it there at the end, what this is really all about, which of course, it's all about a change in the White House. Now, there, there's a few things to talk about there. First off, I'll, I'll give Cuomo credit where credit is due, which is that you should be skeptical. Just because the government says something, whatever that thing might be, doesn't mean you automatically should believe it, whether, whether it's about the economy or foreign policy or about healthcare or a vaccine or whatever it is, just because some government person says, this is what we should do and this works, doesn't mean you automatically should believe it. You should think about it. You should talk to experts. You should listen to experts. I mean, we've got a plethora now. Have you guys heard about these podcasts? They're everywhere. And you can hopefully uh, ascertain a little information from yourself. This is something we could not do as easily even 10 years ago. It would have been much harder to do. So just because the government says something doesn't mean it's automatically true or right. And that doesn't mean, and that includes whether it's a Republican administration or a Democrat, a Democrat administration or anything else. So in the, in the skeptical part, he's right. But what he's doing before that is basically undermining the FDA and the CDC because it's not his guy, meaning it's not a Democrat that's the president right now. And as he said at the end, he personally wants Trump to be out of office. So if we're gonna say trust the scientists, which is a silly notion, right? You know, there's a lot of evil scientists out there. There's a lot of bad guy scientists out there. Have you ever seen a science fiction movie? I mean, not every scientist is right about everything. And by the way, you know what happens in science? You're not gonna believe this, guys. There are often discoveries that then get debunked by things after that as we get finer instruments and more information and the rest of it. Science is often in the business of debunking science. That, that's the beautiful thing, you know? Um, so. When he says this thing about, well, he won't trust the FDA, then he said something interesting. Then he said, well, if we get the vaccine from the FDA, that he then would get his scientists in New York, they would get a panel because this is what governments do. We're gonna get a panel, we're gonna study it, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't really make sense because if, if you don't trust the Trump scientists because they're Trump scientists, let's say, so it's a poor way to put it actually, but in essence, that's what he's saying. We don't trust the Trump scientists. Well, then why should people on the right, why should conservatives 
believe the democratic scientists. And now this is what politicizing science looks like. It's deeply dangerous. We're not gonna trust your science, uh, scientists, we're gonna trust our scientists. And by the way, this idea of that the states should study it as well, this is something that Gavin Newsom wants to do here in California as well. Now, I'll just be very clear about one other thing. I'm not against the states deciding what they wanna do, how they wanna administer it, whether they want to administer it at all. I mean, you know my feelings on this. I want things to be as local as possible. But the reason I thought this was an important story it's be is because, you know, if it was their guy in the White House, they would say, we want a national mandate that everyone's going to have to take it. But if because it isn't, now we're going to undermine the very institutions that you all say constantly that Trump is, is undermining, right? So if Trump comes out against the CDC, they'll tell you how great the CDC is. If Trump comes out against the FDA, they'll tell you how wonderful the FDA is. Now, if Trump does something in conjunction with them, now we don't trust them. But we also say trust the scientists. I think I've made my point here. So be wary, people, not just of the scientists, but be wary of the politicians who are in this just to maintain and continue their power grab. That, that's what I'm worried about far more than I'm worried about the scientists. Um, okay, so moving on, I wanted to show you two tweets because I've been thinking about a theory lately and I've been teasing it here a little bit. Sort of this idea that what I would say now are, are sort of powerful fringe groups actually need Trump. Groups that hate Trump, what, what unifies them actually, what gives them their power is Trump. And by these two groups, what I'm talking about are the far-left progressives, which are now the base of the Democratic Party, the Bernie bros, the Marxists, the BLM guys, the whole thing. And I'm also talking about the never-Trump conservatives. Now, it's hard to tell how many never-Trump conservatives are. They've got a ton of money, and there's this Lincoln Project, and they've got all of this nonprofit money, and, and it's very clear they buy influence through think tanks, and they buy social media views, and, and all of that stuff, because you never hear somebody really talking about them with any degree of passion or anything else. They're, they're definitely doing something related to social media and all that, and we know obviously people, you can buy followers, you can buy influence, and, and all of that stuff. Uh, but I found these two tweets, one by Robert Reich, who is the former labor secretary for Bill Clinton, who's now a Bernie supporter and a big progressive economist, okay, so this is firmly a lefty. And then David Frum, who was a former speechwriter for George W. Bush, he's the one that actually wrote the line in George Bush's famous speech that got us into the Iraq war, the axis of evil, talking about Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. He was the one, originally, if I'm not mistaken, it was gonna be called the axis of hatred, but they changed it to axis of evil. I guess that does sound a little better for a bumper sticker, but this guy obviously worked for George W. Bush. He's a, he's a neocon, basically has gotten everything wrong pretty much forever, but clearly is a conservative. Right? Well, well, I can't say clearly is a conservative. Has been on the right politically and is a never Trumper you know, from the right, let's say. So you've got this lefty and this righty, and they both put out interesting tweets. So we're gonna pull up the tweets, and I wanna dissect them, because they're both up to an extremely dangerous game, and I've seen this game being played by, by many more people. The, I'm not just singling these guys out. Many more people from this line of thinking are tweeting similar things. So let's go to the Robert Reich tweet first, and this is what he said, this is just two or three days ago. He said, when this nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission it would erase Trump's lies, comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness, and name every official, politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. 
I mean, I know that using Nazi analogies is uh, a bit cliche these days, but that actually sounds like some Nazi stuff. Like, we're gonna find the co-conspiracies, we're gonna name them, and not just the government ones, the private citizen ones, and then we'll figure out what to do with them. I actually retweeted him, and I changed a word or two. So the way I worded it was, when this lefty nightmare is over, so go with me on this, guys, right? Because this just shows you how silly it all sounds. Imagine if I had tweeted out something like this. You know how frustrated I am with the left. You know what I, I view the, the dangerous ideas of leftism have become. But imagine I tweeted out this statement. When this lefty nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission. It would erase their lies, comfort those who have been harmed by their hatefulness, and name every official politician executive and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled their catastrophe. Well, that actually makes a hell of a lot more sense to me because they're destroying everything that once was this great country. Uh, but I'm not looking to name people and, and grab people and figure out what to do with people. You can see the twisted way this goes in the name of, oh, we must put this thing behind us. We're gonna have to put a lot of people in cages. We're gonna have to ruin a lot of lives. So that's coming from the left, that's Robert Reich, and then this gem a day or two ago from David Frum. The people on the far right and the far left who publicized the obviously bogus New York Post story were not dupes, they were accomplices. The story could not have been more obviously fake if it had been wearing a dollar store spectacles and attached plastic mustache. Now, putting aside his poor imagery there, uh, there's a couple tricks he does there. First off, if you don't agree with him, you're far right or you're far left, right? And you're the ones pushing the obviously bogus story. Now, what he's talking about, of course, is this Hunter Biden story uh, that, about the laptop and the emails that basically show that Joe Biden was involved in some level of shenanigans in, in the Ukraine, right? Uh, and we know that Hunter got the job with no uh, with no qualifications or anything else like that, and we know he was making a ton of money and everything else. But putting that whole issue aside, no one from the Biden campaign has denied it. Not only has no one denied it, Biden is now in hiding. He literally put a lid on the campaign yesterday, uh, and he's not coming out till Thursday. That means he has no public appearances for the next couple of days. If we had a responsible media, which we don't, uh, they might be saying, hey, Biden, you can't just hide when a story's coming out against you. Uh, but what I think is most interesting is not far right and not far left and not obviously fake, obviously bogus. They were accomplices. And that sounds very much like the other language of a truth and reconciliation commission. And what they're signaling to you as a free thinking person, they're signaling to you is we will try to come for you too. Once we take out Trump, you better be afraid of us. Because people like this want to use state power to silence those who they disagree with. Now you can say all the things you want about Trump, right? You can say them all. And how many people, how many political opponents has he jailed? How many lists has he come up with? How many accomplices has he found? And the answer really is none. The FBI is doing some work now to find out if there was some collusion with the Obama administration about taking Trump out. Uh, but this, this idea that we're gonna use the state to take out our political opponents, the accomplices, and we're gonna have lists, and everyone else is far right and far left, man, this is dangerous stuff. And when people talk about 
the political horseshoe theory, that the far left and the far right, they become one thing. What they usually mean by that is that collectivists, whether you're far left or far right, usually become the same thing. So if you're a collectivist on the left, you believe that skin color matters, you believe that gender matters, that that is the supreme stuff that matters and that's the collectivism you believe in. And ironically, that then becomes the same thing as the people on the far right, say the white supremacists. So often, I've said this before, those guys really should be on the far left because they're, in many ways, what's, what's different right now about a Black Lives Matter believer who believes in all of this race stuff versus a white supremacist? They're, they're into the different color, of skin, but, but that pretty much brings them together. And that's sort of the horseshoe theory. And I think when you see a progressive Clinton guy and a conservative uh, Bush guy come together that they're gonna come get the rest of us after this thing, I think it is something to watch out for. That's why I thought the story was worthy and of note. And finally, one more as long as we're talking about Black Lives Matter. Uh, you guys know I'm, I'm a big video game guy. Unfortunately, I don't have much time for video games these days. I can maybe, 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 maybe get like 15 minutes a week and, and often it's not even that. But when I do play, I usually play uh, NBA 2K with my, uh, with my 11-year-old nephew in New York and he usually beats me senseless. It's pretty pathetic actually. Um, but occasionally I'll bust out my old NES and play some Super Mario Brothers or some Contra or something like that. And uh, I, I don't play the games because I just don't have the time. And also, as I've said many times, I like running that way, right? Mario ran that way. I like that. And I can jump over things, you know, smack a turtle, push it into another guy. Uh, that sounds good to me. When I gotta run this way, causes all sorts of problems. I'm old, what can I tell you? Uh, anyway, PlayStation, which is the, uh, I have PlayStation 4, they just announced PlayStation 5, but it's a very popular video game system amongst the young people. Um, they are now allowing you, let's, let's pull it up, they are allowing you to show your support for the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement with this new PS4 theme out now for free at the PS Store. Now, this is, this is interesting at many levels. Uh, on the simple level, you guys know my feelings about politics infecting everything. You turn on a basketball game, Black Lives Matter on the court, now you're gonna turn on your fake basketball game on PlayStation, and you're, you can have a Black Lives Matter uh, theme. So with the theme, by the way, for those of you that aren't video game people, the theme is sort of your backdrop to your whole desktop when you're in PlayStation. So you can constantly be looking at the fist and be thinking about racism uh, while you're playing, um, I said Crash Bandicoot before, I need another reference there. Uh, what are the kids playing? You're playing uh, the uh, Grand Theft Auto. That's, that's still out there, right? Um, Grand Theft Auto was probably the last like, you know, current type game I played. You could just walk up to a car, grab someone, punch them in the face and steal their car. It was amazing, it really was great. Um, in any event, the idea that now sports taken over by politics and what happened to the NBA? Horrific ratings. Video games that you should, the, the things that are designed for escape, but not only designed for escape, they're designed for, for young people. The, obviously, PlayStation video games, they skew young, right? Now, we should have, I'm not saying young people shouldn't be educated about racism. I'm not sure, I'm not saying that young people shouldn't talk about what is politically relevant or current events or anything else like that. Um, but the idea that it would be the backdrop of all of whatever they're doing on their PlayStation system, and of course, what what the real issue here is, let's not forget um, that if this was a, a 
another political movement, let's say this was just a pure, you know, capitalist political movement, or this was a uh, MAGA movement, or something pro-Trump, or just some general, you know, 80s Reaganites, something, I'm pretty sure PlayStation wouldn't be putting that out for free. So all of these corporations have chosen a political side, and, and that is what I think is deeply dangerous. And by the way, that is pretty much what we're all voting on. That's what we're voting on in about a week and a half, because it all comes down to this. Will everything remain politicized? Will corporations and, and radical political movements, will they, will they rule over us, or, or will we end their power over us? That seems to be what's on the ballot, if you ask me. Speaking of the ballot, uh, on Thursday night, we will be doing a live stream after the debate. Um, I, last time I did it with whiskey. I think we're gonna go with tequila this time. I feel the need for tequila this time, so we're gonna do that. And I'll be back tomorrow with another direct message. And uh, let's see what else happens today. At five in the morning, or four in the morning, the President of the United States mentioned my name. So we'll, we'll see how the rest of the day goes. Oh, and by the way, if you didn't see it, Jordan Peterson dropped a video yesterday. Uh, announcing his return. It's gonna, it's gonna take a little time, obviously, and he was a little cautious into getting back in exactly, but he lays out a little bit about where he's been and what's going on and what his plans are, and it was just, it was just great to see the guy's face and uh, you know, pretty good to talk about timing, right? Like getting back in the game like 10 days before the election, it's something else. So check that out on his channel, and I'll see you guys later.